Phillies are in the midst of one of the craziest offseasons. The Phillies are in the midst of one of the craziest offseasons in MLB history. As the Harper Derby approaches an end, where do the Phillies stand and how far should they be willing to go? A whole lot of Bryce on episode 9 of FanCast. that's going on. Hello and welcome into FanCast. Hello and welcome to FanCast. I'm Coy Zimmel. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. It has been a tough weekend for the Phillies. Isaac, how are you feeling about everything that's going on? Uh, it certainly was a roller coaster of emotions. Um, not not as confident as I was at the beginning of the weekend, but we'll talk more about that later. It definitely was a wind turn of events for the Phillies. Phillies owner John Milton flew out Friday night to Las Vegas, Harper's hometown, to meet with the free agent, talk about a possible deal. It was reported that he might not be willing to come back without one. And just as Phillies fans seem to have a huge leap of confidence that Harper would be suiting up in the red pinstripes, things took a turn for the worse when it was reported that the Dodgers were back in the Harper race and that Harper seemed to prefer that destination. Isaac, what are your thoughts on everything going on right now? Um, in regards to Middleton? To everything in general. What do you think is going to happen? What is your re- reaction to this weekend? Give us the rundown. All right, so beginning with Middleton, uh, on Friday and Saturday, I didn't think that, as Nightingale said, that he would leave with Harper um, and arrive in Clearwater with Harper in, the, in his jet. However, I was fairly certain that, that by today, uh, by two, Monday or Tuesday, that a, a deal would probably be done if it were to happen with the Phillies, which is why I have lost a little bit of confidence in regardless of whether or not the Phillies will sign Bryce Harper. Um, as as we heard the possibility of the Dodgers coming back in the race today, that, that certainly didn't help the cause at all. But there is supposedly a tussle between the Phillies and Scott Boris and Harper over an opt-out, over an opt-out in, uh, the, in, the, in the contract which would allow Harper to come a free agent again in 2021. And even though I've lost confidence, I still would say I'm about 55% certain that Harper will sign with the Philadelphia Phillies, which is probably a lot lower than the 80 to 90% I was at this weekend. However, I've actually been saying on my page for a while, March 2nd is the day, just as kind of a joke. So, I mean, if it does, does happen on March 2nd, that'd be pretty funny. But of course, I'd like to, I'd like it to happen as soon as possible. So Koi, uh, as I said, I still believe I'm pretty confident, but uh, 
Where are you at percentage-wise as the Harper will be coming to Philly? I still am around 60-40. Like you said, it is a big drop-down from after this weekend. It seems like all signs are pointing, pointing towards the Phillies. Other teams have been dropping like flies. The Nationals owner came out and said, we've moved on. Nightingale put out a thought the Phillies-Harper contract could be resolved by Monday. Buster only of ESPN said it was possible that they could settle this by today. Obviously, neither have been the case. The Dodgers met with Harper. Many Phillies fans are going a little ecstatic about that into a worry. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said he's not too hopeful that the team will sign Harper. However, it does seem like the Dodgers would be Harper's preferred destination. They're close to his home in Vegas. Spring training is in Arizona, closer to his home than Clearwater. The Dodgers in a storybook world would probably have been Harper's choice. They haven't been seemingly willing to go the long term that the Phillies are offering. And today wasn't a great day for the Phillies who are trying to stay stubborn about that opt-out. As you said, Nolan Arenado, best third baseman in baseball, signed a eight-year extension for $260 million with an opt-out after three years. The Phillies are more wanting near a Manny Machado deal where the opt-out is after five, waypoint of a 10-year deal. I think this could persuade John Milton and Matt Klintak to move it in a little bit, give that three-year opt-out, and that could wrap up this deal. I think as soon as they give that opt-out, Boris and Harper will jump at that opportunity, sign a long-term deal where if something does happen, they're protected long-term. But if they don't love Philadelphia, he can leave in three years. Exactly, I agree. And if that point, if at that point after three years he doesn't like the city, then so be it. Uh, uh, he can he can go out of Philadelphia if he really doesn't like it by that point. But quite honestly, if you spend that amount of time with us, I I believe he'd fall in love with the city. And by that time, you're looking at Mike Trout possibly in a Phillies uniform and a dynasty starting to form. I'm just quite honestly sick of sick and tired of this whole thing, this whole saga going on. Even though I've had a feeling it would go on this long, I, I can't believe how agitating it is for me as a baseball fan. Because even last year with J.D. Martinez, I had some friends that are Red Sox fans. They were saying just how how unsettling it was to go into spring training with, with the uncertainty of a, of a star player to be on your team. And I, I certainly understand that. It's, it's, it's really, r- really frustrating uh, that it, the whole – if we acquire Harper – vibe of the team will we'll go tremendously up and if we don't acquire Harper it's going to go way down so as we say that we want to bring in I just I just put in my opinion on how I felt about Harper uh, let's talk to Lou from New Jersey good evening gentlemen how are you Lou all right first time caller to this show but not first time caller to this network at all we're glad to have you call right. in. Thanks. What's on your mind, Lou? Well, you know, the whole thing with Harper, you know, just when you thought it was all sound done, now the Dodgers want to get in. Um, there's also talk that um, the Giants were um, looking at him. It's, you know, it's becoming very it's becoming uh, very interesting in this race of who's going to get it. Of course, um, how do you think this is going to affect Washington? Do you think they're going to how, – how will they do without him? Because, you know, he really carried that team, you know, throughout his career and, you know, been with a decent team. I'm afraid that with Harper gone from Washington, you know, how are they going to survive without him? 
Well, they they actually have a lot of good players, and they probably had debatably the best offseason in the National League East, Lou. Um, I, here, I'll, I'll back myself up there. So let, let's talk about Patrick Corbin first. Obviously, we know they overpaid a bit, but they really mm-hmm. wanted to make a statement and make that big splash. Patrick Corbin really had a great year last year, and now with the addition of him, they have Max Scherzer, who's debatably a top two uh, pitcher in baseball, Steven Strasburg, mm-hmm. who's upside is very high, and now Patrick Corbin is coming off of a breakout year. Um, so you're looking at a top three right there that really can carry their team. The pitching can carry at certain points in the season. And then you talk about the offense. Brian Dozier, um, just two years ago, had a 40-home run season. So he has a, he has a tremendous amount of power. Um, Anthony Rendon is possibly the most underrated player in baseball. Um, you got Victor Robles coming up. You got Juan Soto, where people are uh, unjustly so comparing to Mike Trout when he was young. But Juan Soto is a very well, very good hitter. Um, you got some good players there in Washington, and they are they're a team that kind of scares me as a Phillies fan. And yeah. I don't think that they need Harper to succeed. I actually think moving on from Harper was probably the best move for them. Yeah. Okay, but is Harper going to be enough for the Phillies? I mean, you know, they had a decent year last year after spending the last six, seven years in the in the basement. So uh, is this going to help with the Phillies more of a offensive? I think that either way, even without Harper, this is a team that will be towards the top two teams in the division. Bad year, they could fall to three. I don't see them falling anywhere near the basement this year. But Harper obviously will help the team offensively. He'll add a much-needed lefty power bat, something the team really hasn't had since the days of prime Ryan Howard. I think that he's a player that he could take this team to the next level. I think they're at a good spot right now, not necessarily contenders for a World Series yet, but I think that Harper could put them up and possibly put that into that caliber of teams where – we could see them deep in October. You mean an NLCS uh, berth? I think that's a possibility. I I'll think, think with Harper, if things go right, everything clicks the right way, they could win the pennant. How about that? Like a strong case because they, they have been predicted to, you know, they've been mentioned a dangerous team, uh, you know, for this upcoming season. Also, along with the um, Atlanta Braves. Oops, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, yes, uh, I agree with you there. But then you, like you were saying, that the possibility of Philly to make this, yes. But what could really push them over the top, Lou, is if they get Dallas Keuchel or, or Craig Kimbrell, that one final bullpen piece to really make them a top three bullpen in the league, or Dallas Keuchel to really make their rotation extremely solid, which is probably their weakest Weakest point. I talk about Keigel. You know, a lot of teams seem to be interested in him. I think that his stop force has been so held up with Harper. It's actually hurt Keigel a bit. He hasn't been able to work things out yet. I think once Harper signs very soon after, Keigel could possibly join Harper in Philadelphia or choose a different route. He said uh, last week that he is ready to go, in good shape. But he would like to get with a club, meet some new or old teammates. So I think that there's a good shot he does land in Philly. And if not, he'll go somewhere else and produce. Uh, bad news for my Yankees then. Okay. Uh. We want to thank you, Lou, for calling in. Appreciate my your pleasure. questions. 
All right, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you very much. Phillies are wrapping off a pretty good week of spring training. They kicked off the season with a 3-1, and one, a couple of high-scoring wins. Isaac, going to do a little segment here that we'll do throughout the season and hopefully into the postseason. Who is your hitter and pitcher of the week? Well, for hitters, I have my favorite Philly, Michael Franco. Um, I, I don't really, I'm not sure this is um, much of a debate. Maybe if you want to highlight a breakout player, but Michael Franco had – a, a lot of RBIs this week. He had a bomb in the first spring training game. Um, he looks a lot slimmer, a lot faster. Um, his, his fielding looks better. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I think Michael Franco is the hitter of the week. And the pitcher of the week I'm going to give to the guy that was on our show, Cole Irvin. He pitched 2.1 innings of scoreless ball. Um, had a great, great debut for the first in the first game of the Phillies. So, yeah, that's my pitcher and hitter of the week. How about you, Corey? Uh, I'm agree with you on the pitcher of the week. Go to our friend Cole Irvin. He joined the show. He did a good job in opening spring training game. We'll get to see him next week against the Twins. Hopefully he can build off on what's been a good start to the spring and join the club to start off the season. On the hitting side, I went with Dylan Cousins. He had a great start to the season, going four for five, batting 800, 857 on base percentage. Uh, 1.800 sluggage. He hit a bomb homer. It went, they said, about 470 feet. Absolute rocket, two RBIs. He's been a guy that hasn't quite yet at the major league level. This is a good sight to see. He's been killing it in AAA. He just can't seem to get that major league pitching figured out once he joins the major league club. Hopefully this is him starting to figure things out and take a step in the right direction. All right. So as we wrap that up, we're going to go to break. Uh, make sure to call in to uh, FanCast, get your opinions in here about Harper, as we'll be talking more after him after the network advertisement. Tune in to Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5. We will be discussing everything going on in the land of the New York Yankees. We talk about free agency and Manny Machado recently signing with the Padres, what that means for the Yankees, and Bryce Harper, and him continually being a free agent, and if the Yankees might just sneak in and nab the superstar. We talk about the Yankees and their offseason. Have they done enough to take the throne away from the Boston Red Sox atop the American League East? All this and much, much more this Wednesday at 5 o'clock, Pinstripe Talk. Me and my co-host break down the Yankees. Tune in this Wednesday at 5. Do not miss it. So welcome back into FanCast. Head over to BaseballPodcastNet.com. Grab some FanCast merch. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. Get all your opinions in here. But Isaac, the story of this offseason has been Bryce Harper from the start. It seems like we are nearing an end. It all could come to a conclusion, and the Dodgers have snuck in at the last second. They're now even the betting favorite. Do you think they are the team that will nag Harper, or could the Phillies come back in and steal this? Um, well, first off, I want to clarify that Vegas really doesn't mean much because the way the betting odds work is whoever, it's whoever is betting the most on a team to sign the player. So since the Dodgers rumors came out today, of course more people are going to be uh, betting on the Dodgers. So that's why the odds shifted so dramatically in their favor. Um, like I said earlier, I still see the Phillies getting Harper, but 
this is getting to a point where I don't know anything anymore. I, you hear these rumors. We probably have heard hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rumors regarding Bryce Harper throughout the offseason. And truthfully, I'm getting sick of the rumors. It's hard for me to believe any of these rumors whenever I hear them now. I, I post them on my, no, on my uh, account, and it's, it's hard for me to take any of them seriously until I see the report, uh, until I see a notification from Ken Rosenthal or Jeff Passan pop up see if Bryce Harper is down at the Phillies or Bryce Harper is down at the Dodgers. It's going to be hard for me to believe anything. Well, some major signings and extensions have happened in the last week. Manny Machado, the other superstar this offseason, signed for 10 years, 300 million. San Diego Padres, he has an opt-out after five years. Nolan Arenado, the best third baseman in baseball, signed an eight-year extension for $260 million. They got that op- He got that opt-out after three years, something that Harper desperately desires. So how do you think these two signings could affect the Harper market? Well, obviously, the Machado getting $300 million came a little bit out of nowhere. Not many people expected him to get $300 million. But I think the Arenado was probably the key one out of the two. And here's why. Like you said, the opt-out after the third year is very key to the negotiations with Bryce Harper and John Middleton, supposedly. And another report that I saw today, I'm not sure if this is true, is that Clentac and Middleton went, and Clentac was sort of the bad guy, sort of put things to realization, and Middleton was sort of the guy that offered things. And that's sort of the reason why Middleton went to lighten the mood a little bit and talk to Harper about why he believed that Philly is worth staying there for longer than a third-year opt-out. Um, Glenn Tack is supposedly is very against this third-year opt-out, which is why they obviously haven't come to an agreement yet. So I think the Arenado could be key in getting Glenn Tack to realize that a deal isn't going to be getting done unless they include that third-year opt-out. So he might as well include it now. Um, like you said, Nolan Arenado is the best third baseman in baseball, even though he played in Coors. He's been pretty outstanding. Um, congrats to him, eight years, $260 million. That's, that's a huge deal. Highest eight, uh, one of the highest AEVs in the league. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think Harper will want to top the total, obviously. Um, I'm not, the AAV is going to be pretty hard to top. But he, I think he's better, Philly's going to have to include that third-year opt-out. I think how you said Clintac being the bad guy, this is the kind of – offseason and the kind of outcome that caused people there. When John Middleton comes out and says that the team has money and they might be a little bit stupid about it, when the team has reportedly had this offseason highlighted for years and years, where Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, about to enter the prime of their careers, are available for nothing but cold, hard cash, and you miss out on both of them, that's the kind of thing that a sports city like Philadelphia won't accept, they won't tolerate. John Middleton seems like the type of owner who wants to win, and he wants to win now. He went out to Vegas to try and persuade Harper build that relationship. It seems like he is willing to go the extra mile, go to the distance to secure Harper, where Klintak is taking it more from the modern sabermetric standpoint, where he thinks that spending $300 million on one player isn't the ideal way to win. When a big lefty bat like Harper is the main thing that the Phillies are lacking. They could use a little bit of starting pitching help, but they have young guys that could develop through. The Phillies need a player like Bryce Harper in this lineup, and if Matt Klintak loses out on both Harper and it'll it could be a disaster in the near future for him. I, I, the streets of Philly will riot. I can tell you that. Um, I will just be absolutely 
outraged at this if we don't if we don't come up with Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. Phillies fans like me, diehards, have been itching and itching for to go back to the playoffs ever since 2011. And quite frankly, I'm sick and uh, sick and tired of putting out a team that is easy to be easy to make fun of. Easy, no, no star players other than now than Aaron Nola emerging last year and Reese Hoskins ha- having the possibility of becoming a young star. But he hasn't reached. He obviously hasn't reached stardom yet. Reese Hoskins, you got to admit, even though he's a fan favorite. Um, Aaron Nola's our stud, but he's not the type of the face of the franchise like Bryce Harper is. Uh, if you get, we need a guy like Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. We missed out on Manny Machado, kind of hurt, but knowing we still have Bryce Harper out there, let, let's see that feeling of hope. If we missed out on Bryce Harper, Coy, I, I'm going to be more than heartbroken. I'm going to want to, I, I'm, I'm going to be very mad at Matt Crumtech because you can tell that, like you said, John Middleton is willing to spend that stupid money. It's going to be Matt Crumtech's valuation of the player that holds the Phillies back from um, allowing this third-year opt-out or unwillingness to go to a certain amount of money that uh, someone with Middleton who has a net worth of $4 billion could easily spend. It's not even all his money. It, it, it's so frustrating. They, they need to put a winning, a winning team back on the field for Citizens Bank Park and the city of Philadelphia. Like you said, we, we, we should not and we cannot tolerate this losing it culture anymore it's been eight years too long i want to go back red october needs to come this year and harper can bring us there this seems more like a thing that matt clintack is trying to win a negotiation between scott boris instead of trying to get the player like you said we are lacking that power in our lineup the last three world series winners the red sox the houston astros and the chicago cubs cubs had chris bryant who was the mp mvp Astros had Jose Altuve, MVP, and the Red Sox just had Mookie Betts, who was the MVP. The Phillies need that superstar in the lineup that can take them to the next level. It has been quite a while since a pitcher was the best player on a World Series winning team. Even this year, buying offensive talent in Manny Machado got the Dodgers to the World Series. Division rival, the Mets, ball offensive talent in Yona Cespedes got them to a 2015 World Series. The Phillies don't have that player, and they are seeming to tolerate a losing mentality if it, they are unwilling to go the extra distance. John Milton seems like the type of owner that doesn't care if he's willing to go into the luxury tax. He just wants to secure the player. He wants to build a winning culture in Philadelphia, wants to be the owner of a winning team, and it seems like Matt Klintak might be the thing holding it back. Klintak has done a great job with some other positions, and some Phillies fans might try and tell themselves that even without Harper Machado, this offseason was a win. They improved that position. But in truth, they only up, they sped up the process. J.P. Crawford was compared to Gene Segura. We just got Gene Segura now instead of maybe a Crawford adaptation of him in two to three years. Jorge Alfaro had a ton of talent. We talked about it the week he was traded. Their numbers were very similar their first year. We got Rio now, sped up the process. We That's all that has been done. We've got this window of contention closer. It doesn't seem like yet we are willing to go the extra distance to get the big trophy at the end of the year, and I think that this is something that could torment the Phillies throughout the next season and many to follow until perhaps Mike Trout does sign. When you look at it, remember McPhail in November? He came right a week after the Super Money comment. He came out and said that it's not all about this offseason. We can't hang our hopes on this is getting these two types of high-caliber players. Well, guess what? 
next season, Aaron Donald is off the board. You don't know if Mike Trout is going to be on the board in two years. He might sign a massive extension with the Los Angeles Angels, who plan to do so. Um, Anthony Rendon, the Washington Nationals have already had preliminary talks about an extension with him. They have mutual feelings. Who does that leave for the Phillies to acquire? A, a big, a big superstar. Um, Justin Verlander, an aging Justin Verlander. Garrett Cole, who is overrated. Uh, Chris Sale, who is most likely going back to the Red Sox. I mean, come on, you got to commit eventually. You can't just say it's been eight years of us saying, look at this, look at that, look at the next off season, look at the opportunities we have in a few years. Well, guess what? This is the year. This is the year to get Harper. We're, we're all sick and tired of waiting. We were waiting. We wanted Harper back in December or January. Now we're now it's almost March that we have to, we've had to wait. And, uh, I won't have it. Uh, if if we do sign, if we don't, if we fail to sign Harper, uh, I think there probably will be a riot uh, or a parade down down Broad Street. Not not Broad Street, but somewhere somewhere in Philadelphia that is protesting my club tax. Because this is ridiculous. Like you said, he made a, obviously I I've praised him before with his excellent acquisitions that he's made through trades, but he's unwilling to step away from his valuations that he's made. It is that that would be ridiculous. Bryce Harper obviously he has the OPS OPS plus and on base percentage just amazing, outstanding. And I if if you use WAR and you don't look into the fact that the Nationals manager misused him defensively last year, lowered his defensive war. He had an off first, first first half of the year, which was reflected through his batting average, which is a pointless stat. Um, but I, I just, if we don't get Bryce Harper, it'll be extremely frustrating. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would consider Nelson a failure, but I would be extremely frustrated. Term that I would like to steal from Colin Cowherd real quick is manalytics. It seems like Matt Clintac values those saber metrics and deep digging stats too much to even downplay a player so he doesn't have to spend that extra penny for him. Bryce Harper is the type of player that in the clutch time comes through. He delivers time and time again. We've seen that against the Phillies where he comes up in the key situations. His team hasn't been able to get past the NLDS almost in spite of him. We remember back to 2016, he had that huge home run against the Cubs in what could have been a series that determined who would win the World Series. This is the type of player that it makes sense why John Middleton would want him so badly in a MLB market that is almost, in a sense, begging for viewers, doing everything they can to speed up the game. Bryce Harper is the type of player that moves the needle and gets fans in the seats. He is the type of player that people turn on their TV to watch. He would bring in so much revenue for this team that it makes sense why John Middleton would want him. He would almost pay for himself in a sense. But then there's Max Huntack, who is just going off his valuations, the valuations that wouldn't let him go over $300 million for Manny Machado. And if it does come to cost the Phillies, it will be a major problem for almost not just this year. It will drag out if this team doesn't succeed. But then in the next couple of years, the lingering question will be, well, what would have happened if Bryce Harper was in this lineup? It... it- it is agonizing. It's torturing our brains uh, to see this see this happen. Uh, I just I, I can't stand it. I can't stand Harper not being on, in the Phillies. I, I want to see him in the press conference. I, I want to just be at spring training already. It's getting old. It's getting real old, Coy. It's just the kind of thing that has dragged out for so long, and this is going to set a precedent for off seasons to come. This has almost turned out exactly like Scott Boris would like it, where Harper has the long term deal record-setting possibility, but he also has that short-term 
mega AAV deal. He's got a bidder on one deal. Hopefully, be willing to go a little extra to get his client everything he wants. He signed after, he's going to sign after Manny Machado, so he knows what to break. Everything is working out just in the way where Scott Boris is going to win another Major League offseason at the expense of us, the fans, and all other 30 teams. Um, people people uh, have been telling me this is a Scott Boris ploy. Well, guess what? If this is a Scott Boris ploy that's the Dodgers, it's a damn good one because it's got me convinced. It's got me shaken a little bit, and I, I just wish that we could we could close the deal out. I, I'm sick and tired of these stupid rumors coming out, making us think that one day we're definitely getting Harper, the next one we're not. Uh, John Middleton staying there in, in clear water, not leaving until he has a deal, and then all of a sudden uh, someone else isn't. Uh, I, I'm just I, – I, I wish that I wish that this process could have been sped up a little bit more. I, I, I truly do. It, it's well, getting like, – like you said, Boris – Boris did an excellent job this offseason, but go ahead. Well, the term of Philadelphia is trust the process, so hopefully in the end this all works out. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. Give us a little bit of input as we discuss Bryce Harper, but now let's seg into a network advertisement. Hey, this is Jake from the Amazing Mets Podcast. This Thursday at 7 p.m., John and I will be taking an in-depth look into everything that has happened Mets-wise so far in spring training. Make sure to tune in this Thursday to find out our thoughts on spring training so far. So, Isaac, like we said, Manny Machado did sign his mega deal last week, the San Diego Padres, for $300 million. Like we said, Matt Clintock said it was over his valuation. Would you rather have Manny Machado at more than $300 million or miss out on both these players? I, I would most certainly... Um, offered Manny Machado over $300 million. Manny Machado is a generational-type talent, Hall of Fame-type player, um, possibly, possibly top three um, defensive ability at third base ever, even higher than that. He makes outstanding plays in the infield, which we lack right now. Yes, we have some, have some solid defenders. We don't have anyone flashy as Machado is. Machado is also very solid, very not even solid, great hitter. Um, last season, he had a career year, um, 38 homers, about over 100 RBIs between the Orioles and Dodgers. You know, if we do, I think we might look back at Manny Machado and Matt Clentac and John Milton and look at themselves as too arrogant, thinking that they could win this Harper deal. Because if you remember a few days ago, a report that came out that the Phillies are very confident they would land Bryce Harper. And then John Morosi came out with a report today that Phillies officials are worrying now about the Dodgers if they emerge. And it's the Phillies' own fault to allow the Dodgers back into this race. This whole thing wouldn't have happened if they, ha- if they hadn't allowed them to – if they had just closed the deal out and instead of sitting back on their laurels and waiting for Scott Boris to come back, come whining back to them. Um, so if the, if, the, if the Dodgers do end up landing – Bryce Harper, it's no one's fault but ourselves and our front office. This definitely has been the Phillies trying to play a staring contest game with Boris and Harper. They thought that they were the only real competition. Everyone had fell out. The Dodgers signed A.J. Pollock to a five-year, $55 million contract, the largest free agent deal they had given to an outside free agent prior to that was former Philly Pat Burrell at two years. I believe it was $18 million. 
So it didn't seem like they were going to come in. It was against their ways to do this big deal. They've now jumped back in. The Giants are still lingering around. You have to wonder, is now open to a short-term deal. Who else is going to come in? Would the Cubs have any interest in trying to lure him in to play with his good friend Chris Bryant? Could the Yankees use him on a short deal? If he is willing to go to the Dodgers on a short-term deal, this thing could go drag on even further where it'll be a who can pay higher for a shorter amount of time. If maybe he could crank out two years, $80 million with a team, he would choose that deal. It's all seeming like the Phillies are going to be the lone long-term deal standing, and then it'll be a bunch of short-term deals, and Bryce is going to have to choose between a city he might not love right now, and if he does miss out on that, if we miss out on him, it is going to cost the Phillies, but I don't think it's something that will destroy the season in a sense. I think this is still a team with a ton of talent that could make the playoffs. Where do you think this club stands if they do miss out on Harper? Um, what they could do is turn around. Um, see, it would be hard for me to say that they would sign Keiko because that's a Boris client. And if they miss out on Harper, they'll probably be somewhat frustrated with Boris. So I'm going to say that they sign Kimbrell. You have to, you have to go out and sign Kimbrell. And then Gio Gonzalez. If we sign Gio Gonzalez and Craig Kimbrell, you know, it gives me some hope. That, that really shores up with, with uh, what you have there. And your starting rotation and your bullpen becomes elite. However, your lineup won't be as won't be as good. So, I mean, could you right see him finding Adam hard. Jones, adding him to the team? I saw that on Twitter. I th- is that where you saw? Did you see that on Twitter? He's still just a free agent. I know the Phillies had a deal in line from last year. He remained with the Orioles. He just seems like a possible option. Some veteran presence if they do miss out on Harper. I, I agree. I agree. Um, Adam Jones would be a solid option. And um, do, would would you have him starting? I don't think he would start. I would rather have see if Nick Williams develops, see some of those younger guys give them their time. But he would be a good option to fill out on rest days, help those younger outfielders. I would see him on a one-year deal, see how he pans out, see what he's got left in him, maybe an option team option for that second year. But I think now we've waited so long to wait out on Bryce Harper, but things are moving away. We don't really have that, those options anymore. And the leverage is all on Scott Boris's side because the Phillies need Bryce Harper a lot more than Bryce Harper needs the Phillies. That, that is, that is very true statement right there. I totally agree with that. And that's why you can't get into a staring contest. We do have to blink first in this kind of situation. Um, It's an unacceptable thing that we could win this, win this, negotiation. Boris always wins. He always will win. It's sort of give and take a little bit. And it's it's really hard for me to see a way out of this other than to give into Boris's demands, which I think we will have to do eventually. I don't see what they think they're going to lose if they do bank first. Like They're going to win the love of the city. If they bring in this player, he is arguably the biggest superstar in baseball. You bring this guy into the red pinstripes, suit him up at Citizens Bank Park every night, the team is going to adore this player. They're going to love this offseason done by Klentak. It's going to be the biggest five-star rating in team history. I don't know what Klentak is waiting on, what he thinks $20 million extra dollars or a sooner opt-out is going to save him. If they miss out on this, it is going to hurt him a lot more than a three-year option or a couple extra bucks will. 
Totally agree. Uh, I agree with you totally. It, it is ridiculous the way this has gone on. Um, Klintak would only be helping himself if he paid a little bit extra money. Middleton obviously wants to pay the money. So you never know. It's kind of hard to tell why and where Klintak is coming from other than sabermetrics. That's the, that's the only only way I can, I can see that that that's how it is. Uh, that that that's why Quentin doesn't want to. Um, Sabermetrics is a big part in killing both free agency and a. It's hurting a lot of baseball in general to the general fan. I think sabermetrics are good to an extent, but it seems like they are being used more and more to degrade players than actually show how good people are actually performing. I think we're using deeper and deeper knowledge to sort of put people down, say they're not as valuable as they really are. And owners are using this to try and lowball certain players. I think Matt Klenchak is trying to lowball Harper right now, and Boris is standing pat till he gets the deal he thinks his player deserves. I agree there. I agree there. Let's head into our mailbag questions that will most definitely not be about Bryce Harper. Benson, what do you got? All right, first question is from Daily Sports Coverage. Do you feel Philly should attack for Keuchel if Harper is not signed? I think it will be tough to go after Keuchel after missing out on Harper, mainly because Scott Boris is the agent, and there will definitely be some tough love there. However, he is the biggest agent in baseball, so you're going to have to get over that eventually. He represents Jake Arrieta, Reese Hoskins, um, Nick Williams all on the team, so it will be they can't have too much tough blood or they're going to get themselves in serious trouble. So I think Keiko is a good option after Harper if they do sign him or if they miss. I do think the Phillies will sign Keiko. Our next, next question is from Tim. Uh, are you concerned about the Dodgers with Bryce Harper? I am. I, I genuinely am. Um, only because you know Bryce Harper is a West Coast guy. He kind of he he wants to live close to home. I believe seems like a family type guy. So yes, I'm concerned. How about you, Coy? Oh, I'm most definitely concerned. I think that this could be a potential deal breaker for the Phillies. I think the Dodgers have always been Harper's main goal play on the big stage, close to home. In a dream world, this is where he would have signed, probably for a longer deal than what they're offering. But I think right now the Dodgers are the biggest threat. All right, next question, Benson. Our next question is from Barry. Will the Dodgers go 10 years for Bryce Harper? They will not go 10 years. I'm not sure they'll go seven. I think the max the Dodgers would be willing to go is five years, which still is a lengthy bit. But I think if they are offering that much, I think it is a smarter move for Boris to just then take the five extra years from the Phillies. I think that the Dodgers would be a lower-term deal for a higher AAV, get them a little bit of a record-setting term there. It does seem out of the Dodgers' normal way of doing things to offer Harper that big deal. But like we said, Dodgers might be Harper's dream team. Let's just hope it doesn't get to a point where Boris is deeply considering a deal from the Dodgers. I, All right, next I question there. is from... Oh, I agree there. Uh, five years the max for the Dodgers. 
Next question, Ben. All right, yeah, so next question is from Ben. Is the Bryce contract, Bryce Harper contract worth the opt-out? Of course. As I said earlier, I believe that for sure it is worth the opt-out. Um, I think he'll fall in love with the city after three years. I, don't, I think he might opt-out just because of the CBA, but he'd be willing to negotiate a new contract with the Phillies. Uh, how about you, Coy? I think the Bryce is right. Three years of Harper is better than no years of Harper. I think we should give him that opt-out if he wants to after three years. By that time, hopefully there'll be a different star outfielder in Citizens Bank so us fans will be able to move on quickly. What else you got for us, Benson? All right, this is our last question. It's from Will. What will David Robertson be like in a Phillies uniform? I think he's going to be a great addition. I don't think he's a super high name to the casual fan, sort of a low-key signing, but I think he's going to help out this bullpen a lot. Gives a older sense similar to Pat Neshek, Tommy Hunter. Going to fill out those back-end games. I think he'll be our outside Kimbrel. I think that was another good deal by uh, Matt Klintak, and hopefully it will pan out because if he doesn't sign Harbor, those acquisitions he made better work out. I totally agree. Dave Robinson could be an underrated player for the Phillies. Um, he could be a nice kind of player in the back end of the bullpen. So, yeah, uh, he should work out. So, and Isaac, one last question for you. Do you think we'll have Harper by next Tuesday? Um, I think we will have Harper Saturday, March 2nd. Well, let's hope this all comes to a conclusion pretty soon because I think Phillies fans around the globe are getting tired of it. Thanks for everybody tuning in today. Hoping this Harper all gets sorted out as the Phillies move forward in spring training. Make sure to tune back in next week to hear all the updated news, conversations, and hopefully a whole lot more. Take care. Thanks for listening, and go Phils. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought a ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Checking on these, I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my team. Rose, hey, this captain, I'm lieutenant. I'm the type cannon, casting grind like a... is produced by Benson Fector. Fancast is a baseball podcast network production. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Koi, at Koi's Dimal. That's Z-D-I-M-A-L. And Isaac at Philly's Focus with a PH. Be sure to give the Fancast account a follow on Instagram as well at FancastBPM. For more Fancast content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all those social media platforms. Instagram at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.